Welcome back to the Two Guys Named Chris Show. At this time every week, we talk with Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of this program. Lisa calls in for Lawyer Up. She goes inside several legal cases and solves them all. But I'll tell you, there's something interesting she corresponded to me about yesterday. We were discussing recently um, dogs that pass gas here, and she heard that story. And Lisa, your dog got into something and caused a problem and passed some gas. Is that right? Yeah, my dog, Ginger, she is uh, She's very sneaky. She likes to try to table surf if you mm-hmm. turn your back on her. And so she, my son yesterday, you know, he's, He's 11. I think our kids are the same age, and he sleeps in, you know, now in the summer. He slept in until about 11, so he ends up eating breakfast by himself in the kitchen. He goes away for a minute to get his Nintendo Switch. He comes back. The dog has jumped up on the table and eaten his ham and broccoli quiche. Oh, He just jumps right up on the chair and just leans over and eats whatever's on your plate if you walk away. And Yeah. So the rest of the day, I was working from home yesterday afternoon. The rest of the day, she sits at my feet at my desk and just toots all day long. I wouldn't allow that. A ham and broccoli quiche. And of course, we've seen some of your uh, recipes, how they turn out on Instagram, and some of them have really been in question. (laughs) To be fair, uh, Elisa's photo game has really improved. It really has. I I think we should take some credit for that because you made some sort of tofu monstrosity about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) We had to take it. They wouldn't serve that to prisoners in solitary. <laughs> Even the dog, it is, uh, it is, dog turned her nose up. It's hard to make tofu look appetizing. <laughs> yeah. Even Ginger said, oh, well, I'm not eating that. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, legal cases today that Lisa always solves for us. One starts in Savannah here, where uh, uh, there's a place called Civvies on Broughton Street in Savannah, and they apparently had some sort of uh, appointment fee. You could you had to pay a twenty dollar deposit that's refundable when you were booking an appointment to visit this boutique shop. However, they waived it for any non-white customer, so they were sued over being racist for charging a fee to white people, but not to non-white people. And are they they're going to lose on this? I mean, this has to be some sort of uh, this is covered under an act you've told us about many times, isn't that right, Lisa? Yeah, so they dropped it. Um, they dropped the policy, and so I don't think there's going to be any further litigation about it. It is interesting, though, that um, it's not as clear-cut as you would think, because if you think about it, there are all sorts of situations where businesses do things, for example, ladies' night yeah. in bars. Yeah. That's been upheld as uh, as constitutional by the federal courts. Some state courts have said it violates local state laws about non-discrimination, but bars have, for, for decades, offered free admission to ladies on certain nights. Well, men and men's rights groups have tried several times to sue over that and have lost. So there are situations where a policy is intended to favor one protected class or another in a way that it is tied to some legitimate business purpose. And here, what these boutique owners were trying to do was they were trying to sort of make a reparation and kind of recognize the impact of systemic racism in our economy and say, you know, maybe you can't afford to pay that and then not buy anything, you know, if, if you end up not buying anything or whatever. So in, in the end, I do think it would run afoul of, um, you know, some of the, like the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964. I think it would run afoul of that, but they dropped it. It's not going to go further. But, but these, you know, there are certainly, you know, private golf courses 
mm-hmm. have been held to be able to be, you know, men only and things like that. So there are still some of these exceptions, and these folks may argue that they fall under one, but I think ultimately they would have lost on that. Do you think the way the world is going that things like ladies' night and men's only golf clubs will eventually <clears throat> be gone? Well, I think ladies' night is more vulnerable than men's only golf clubs because private clubs are very specifically protected under the Constitution and um, in a couple of places. The First Amendment, for Mm -hmm. example, protects that it's free association. If you want to have a private club and be with only men, you can do that. And that's Mm -hmm. that's actually been something that's a pretty strong – now, it's not been favored in sort of in public policy, and so, you know, these golf clubs – will say they'll lose tournaments and things if they continue with those policies. But but those are those have stronger constitutional protections than say ladies' night. Does. Yeah. But aren't most of the people who fight ladies' nights and discount drinks considered douchebags? Yeah, they yes. are. They are you know, when you talk about it like I have no problem with ladies' night. No. But I do have a problem not I mean charging white people twenty dollars to come in and nobody else twenty dollars to come in. Right. But it's really generally the same thing. But I Ladies night, who care? I mean, I never, I never care. But but yeah, no, I mean, if you're a guy and mm-hmm. you're going there to meet girls, you want them to get in free. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's true. Right. But but it is. I mean, yeah. those guys are wankers. <laughs> yeah, the ones that like yeah, they, they, they come and, and, come <laughs> and bitch but, at the front door. Would you let her in free? Let me in free. But yet, they, exactly, this is the same thing we're talking about here, and I'm against it. You know, I don't think based on race you should be allowed in free, no matter what race you are. Agreed. It's, but but yet, well, I think these boutique respect, owners were trying to do sort of an affirmative action type thing you yeah, know they were yeah. trying to say yeah. you know that and i mean i think their heart was sort of in the right place but it, it just did not come across well at all i guess what i'm saying is i favor sexism but not racism but i like to hear thank you everybody That's what I like to hear. no stop it thank you everyone uh next story we talked about this yesterday pretty interesting inside the numbers here uber and lyft say unless california's courts do something to help them they may have to shut down for a while. Apparently, someone has ruled against them and given nationally. Uh, no, in California only, okay. uh, because they in California, one judge has told them you have to make all of your employees full time employees, which requires them unemployment benefits and insurance to all of them. And they say we can't afford to do that, especially right now. So we'll need to shut down at least for a while to figure it out. So there'd be no Uber or Lyft in California. Surely that won't happen. But what is the whole story here, Lisa? What do you have? The story is that um, in 2018, there was a Supreme Court decision that said states can pass laws like this that require these gig economy workers to be subject to some of the benefits of full-time employment. You know, for example, health insurance benefits, unemployment if they are terminated, some things like that. And so California acted, and they did enact this legislation, and now it's actually been challenged at one level in the California courts, and it's been upheld, there's an injunction that says that Uber and Lyft have, I think, like three weeks to make this happen. And so they say, look, there's no way we can put all that in place in three weeks. We're going to have to shut down. But there is opponents to this have now introduced a countermeasure called Proposition 22 that will go before voters in November. And voters may say, hey, we're going to carve out an exception for these like these ride share things Hmm. like Uber and Lyft and say that they don't apply under that new law and they can do that. So voters can do that. The legislation can do what it's doing. It has already sort of been upheld by the U S Supreme court before they even pass this particular law. So I think it's a solid law. Whether voters keep it or not will be the question. Mm -hmm. What about our friends at DoorDash and Grubhub? 
Yeah, that's same, all, yeah. The same thing, right? You know, that'd be you, we got. Yeah, to, I mean, I think the the yeah the specifics of the statute I think have to do with the number of hours these folks work because a lot of the folks who drive for Uber and Lyft are driving a lot, so they're working what would be overtime hours and things like that. I think maybe with DoorDash and some of those, they, it's more geared toward younger people who are just working like four hours a day or something that's more part-time employment. So it would depend on the particulars of the job mm-hmm. and how people work. But, yeah, it could it could potentially affect those, too. It could also affect independent contractors in other areas like trucking and some of those kind of things. So there's a lot of people worried about the implications on their job. Interesting. Yeah. we got to keep DoorDash. I just found a Japanese place I like pretty well, and I can't get over there. Just, what about the new neighborhood? Well, it's too far. So yeah, we can't come out there. It's out of their zone. We have to have DoorDash. Not exactly. We have to have that DoorDash. could put Uber and Lyft out of – I mean, I'm sure when Uber and Lyft did their business plan, they looked at this and said, hey, look, we don't have to pay these people. No uh, insurance. Right. No insurance, no overtime. Right, it's, yeah. over, it's independent. They're like yeah. freelancers or contractors. Yeah. yeah. That's – that doesn't work. It changes for them. their business yeah, model that's not entirely. The, not the plan. Altogether, it changes their business model altogether. We go to uh, the next story from San Antonio, where a solar panel company installed solar panels, or started to at least, on the wrong house. Guy named Nicholas Avila was at work, and his wife called and said, "There's a bunch of banging on the house. Have you ordered something?" They were surprised, and that's uh, the reason they called me and asked me if I ordered something. They go, "No, I haven't ordered something." No, I didn't order a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, did you order men on the roof? No. <laughs> you didn't order something. No, no, I didn't order. They said you ordered something. Let me try- I ordered no, something. no. <laughs> he raced home and found that they had already started the job of putting in solar panels, but later. They realized their mistake, and they scrambled down and everything, and they filled the solar panel, the holes that they made for it, with some sort of epoxy, and they filled it. So that's good enough. Flex seal. There's a flex seal. There's a flex seal in there. <laughs> you put that on your boat. Yeah, and there's flex seal in there, and you can see little white places where the holes were. Mm-hmm. But this man said that's not good enough. They are apologizing because uh, they got confused by the GPS and... Uh, they obviously got the wrong address. And they did. They went to the wrong place. An overhead street view shows they should have been about four houses down. Meanwhile, he's they have offered to come back and inspect his roof once a year for 10 years. But he says, that's not enough. I want a whole new roof. Because these things are holes, and I don't want them in my roof. Does he win this, Lisa? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, here's, apparently they drilled holes all over this yeah. guy's roof. Yeah. And so it, it actually, it voids his warranty on his home roof because it's, you know, it's it's pretty dangerous, I think, for the future of his roof. And so I do think he's got a point, but the problem is going to be enforcing it. So I think he has, he's in the right. I think he's entitled to a new roof because they have just annihilated his roof with tiny holes. But the problem is going to be these people don't want to pay it. So his recourse is going to be to hire a lawyer and sue them, which he's already he's already hired a lawyer. He's going to have to take legal action. That's going to cost him a lot of money, and often it's not worth it. By the time he pays legal fees that might be you know tens of thousands of dollars, he could have bought a new roof. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the rub is that people sometimes are in the legal right, but just the and just not not just the attorney's fees, but court costs and all kinds of things and the time it can take. Like with the courts right now. Things are moving very slowly through the courts because of the COVID. So, I mean, it's really going to be a pain for this poor guy. Mm, lawyers, am I right? Totally. <laughs> totally exactly. right. Can the, can the homeowner exactly. not pass all those costs off to the... Thank you. Thank you. That's what say, I was look, gonna... you're paying court costs and my lawyer's Shouldn't fees. the system be that if he wins, he gets everything from the... What if they company? left the holes and put the panels up on his house? 
Well, I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't want want that. I mean, he said he didn't want. Maybe that. Yeah, what you're saying is give him free panels. Give him free panels. That's what I would have done. And then he saves money. Then he saves money. I I said, "Do you want these? We'll just let you." When there's sales gal upstairs, they did her roof for free. Yeah, former sales gal. We don't call them gals. (laughs) 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 Sales gal. Our our legal gals on the phone. Yeah. I don't know if you ever met our sales gal up there. I couldn't remember her name. She was sweet as a button. Sweet as she could be. That's Anita. Oh, yes. And uh, she came home one day and found they were putting a new roof. They're halfway putting a new roof on her house. Those are just shingles. Yes, I just, think. but they're putting a roof on. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you're at the wrong place. And they just finished and gave her a new roof for free. Which, who's going to turn that down? Right. Uh, we want that. Yeah. But you're right, because uh, over time, solar panels save you money. As long as, if you don't have the upfront cost, then it seems like it would be a win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and they could probably do that less. You know, that'd be more cost effective for the company that made the mistake than putting on a whole new roof. I would think. Yeah, yeah and if it, he'd agreed to it. They does. Put them up. I'm sorry, Dave. It I'm does sorry. look like it does change the look of your house. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want that. Exactly, especially I, if they're staging. Yeah. I ha- listen. Staging I can't, a mansion. I, I cannot stage. I had my gal that stages the house over <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and she said, "Don't." ever put solar panels up there if you're staging they're ugly but i recently i had a guy come to my porch and say i can do solar panels for you at a good price it'll save you a bunch of money on the long run but we've had a discussion it takes 30 years to make that money back yeah uh, get them up yeah. front you know it's a good but deal. you could hide them on that house at your your main house right now you got so many pitches on the angles on that <laughs> yeah, roof yeah you're right there's front side back you're right a b c d well new house is georgian so it has a lot of pitches too <laughs> like that means in there too that's right and ret there's a uh, another gentleman now we've already talked about him he's in hot springs arkansas i want to see if he could have had a lawsuit here they've settled it amicably but he's from arkansas and he was going into a casino he and his husband uh, we're going in an Oaklawn Racing Casino, and he had a purse over his shoulder. And they said, you can't have uh, a purse in here. Uh, and he said, why not? A lot of women have purses in here. Here's the news piece on this. This is Jordan Kirk. He says a supervisor at Oaklawn told him he needed to take his bag back to the car before coming in, despite multiple women carrying in similar ones. When he asked them why, Kirk said he was told it's because, quote, men don't wear purses. Ugh, a shot right in the gut. <laughs> men yeah. don't wear purses. He said he does. Jordan Kirk is a betting man. Oh, we'll go to the casino and gamble like $20. But says he never thought the odds would be stacked against him before hitting the casino floor. It is a double standard, most definitely. And if you're going to allow it for one person, you've got to allow it for everybody. He says he and his husband went to Oakland Casino Friday night, but were told by security he had to lose the bag. I was like, well, she's taking her purse inside. And the lady behind us was like, well, what about my bag? Do I need to take it back to the car? He was like, no, purses are allowed. Now, we're seeing this gentleman here, and he wears a nice purse. Let's it's, it's a Louis Vuitton. It's a very nice purse. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's spendy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all these other women behind her are like, hey, you want to check my bag? I got a bag. And they're saying, no, no, you come on through. No, you're a lady. Totally. So these gals were on his side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gals always get Most off the gals free. Out here right? Really? Uh, Lisa, <laughs> uh, we're on his side, too. And he wound up winning. They apologized to him. Uh, is there any, can, can you have a policy like that? It seems impossible. No, you basically, you know, in a public accommodation such as bars, restaurants, you you can't discriminate based on any protected status. And so, if if it's the same item 
you know, the difference is a lot of men will carry like a backpack or a satchel. So I do. It'll, it'll <laughs> essentially be, exactly, it'll essentially be a purse that they call a satchel. It's not a purse. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is not a purse. <laughs> it's an attache. You know, attache. Indiana Jones yeah. wears one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so does Joy Behar. <laughs> That's a fine attache, but continue, please. Yeah, so some of those bigger items, like the bigger backpacks and the bigger satchels, have been held to be different than a purse. And in that situation, you know, if the store has a policy of no backpack, check them at the front desk kind of thing, those have been upheld if they're distinct, you know, if they're different. And if, if men and women wearing a backpack are treated the same way. But here it's a purse. It's different. And like the ladies in line said, we're all carrying the same kind of purse. You can't just seek him out and say you can't take it in. So he would he would prevail here. The casino realized that, and they they let him in. And then ultimately, uh, the owner or, or general manager of the casino apologized separately to him and stuff. So I think that they've all made nice about it. But yeah. but yes, yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, they have. I thought so. And finally, from Greenville County, South Carolina, a gentleman named John Newton, Jonathan Newton, has settled with a. Uh, an ex, he's an ex-librarian, and he settled with the county over wrongful termination lawsuit. He worked at Five Forks Library. He was the branch manager, and he had something called Drag Queen Story Hour, where he had uh, drag queens come in and read to children, and they fired him for doing that. And he has settled his lawsuit here and wound up winning in the lawsuit. Are you a little surprised he won when he had this event and they told him not to and fired him over it, Lisa? Yeah, I am a little surprised about this one because, um, you know, there's no real protection under the law for uh, this type of discrimination. There's no federal protection. Most states don't have it Um, in terms of, uh, you know, this type of transgender protection just doesn't typically exist. Mm -hmm. And so it's usually okay for a community to discriminate. Unfortunately, you know, I think it's a there should be some greater protections for that probably, but there's not. So I was surprised that he, that they settled with him, but I do think that there was kind of an outpouring of public sentiment that this was wrong and that they should have done this. And there were huge protests and counter protests and it got to be kind of a mess and they, and they didn't pay him a whole lot. So I think, I think they paid him in $30,000, which was less than one year salary. So I think maybe they were just trying to make a, make a gesture that wasn't huge, but enough to make it go away. That's exactly right. A private group called Mom's Liberal Happy Hour organized the events and applied to use Five Forks Library for storytelling involving children read by uh, and stories read by drag queens. As word spread to the upstate, some more conservative people got wind of it and said, you're not holding my library. Drag queen story hour in my library. So $30,000 is settled here. Lisa is surprised by it, but that's a very interesting story. And who would have come up with that? (laughs) Keep it it quiet (laughs) in the library. Yes, please. Lisa, thank you so much. As always, we appreciate you being on the show. Tell the gals in the office we said hello. (laughs) Hey, the gals. As always. Well, y'all have a great weekend. You too. There she goes. She's president of the Lanier Law Group. Hireaheavyweight.com or LanierLawGroup.com if you need any legal assistance. And she solves our problems all the time.